Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about how you can land a $50,000 a year salary increase. Maybe you feel underpaid and you want to ask for that raise, or maybe you're looking for the next job and you want to come to the table ready to negotiate with your hiring manager. Well, in this episode, we're not only going to cover the best questions in preparing, but also how to manage the actual conversation. Whether you're at the table or in the Zoom meeting, you'll feel much more confident and ready to step up and actually land that dream compensation that you've been waiting for. Well, my next guest is someone who has done just that with her own clients. Claudia Miller is a bilingual career coach and host of her own podcast, Roadmap to the Executive Suite. She helps serious professionals secure dream jobs with dream salaries at their dream companies, including fast-growing startups, rockstar mid-sized companies, and Fortune 500 and tech giants. It should come as no surprise that she also helps her clients negotiate salary increases of up to $50,000 a year. Business Insider names her one of the top 23 most innovative career coaches of 2020. So as you can see, Claudia is going to be amazing. I'm excited personally for this episode because it's not that often that we get to talk about money in this much detail. So let's get amped up and ready for episode 235 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks. I am so happy to be here. Like you just mentioned, I love talking about money, especially because, you know, not only salary increases can change livelihoods, but it can also offer you so many opportunities. And once you know how to do it, it's risen and repeat after that. I love that so much. And we'll talk about the benefit and why people should get excited about this topic. But one of the things that I loved hearing from you was your own background and your own story. So can you tell our listeners how you got started in your own career coaching journey. Yeah, so I actually started for personal reasons. I wasn't trying to start a company or anything or become a career coach. It was more because I consider myself to be ambitious and driven and I did everything, you know, we're told to do. Get good grades, you know, do internships, network and you'll find a really great career that pays you really well. Well, it turns out it didn't. I only had one interview and one job offer. And it was very little salary. I think at the time it was like 32000 So I was just a little bit heartbroken because I did everything I was supposed to do. And I joined extracurricular yeah. activities, but I had no job opportunities when it came to it. So I embarked on this journey of almost three to four years, spending thousands of dollars trying to figure out, all right, what do I need to do to actually get a good paying salary job? And how do I get promoted? And how do I get noticed? And through a lot of trial and error, I finally cracked the code. And since then, I've been get, able to get, you know, multiple $30,000 salary increases. I've been able to make career change and pivot into different industries. I've been handpicked by the CEO to lead leadership task force with professionals that have over 20 plus years of experience more than I did. And here I am, the youngest one <laughs> in the group. And since then, I've been helping you know, hundreds of professionals out there get the jobs they want while, you know, getting really good hefty salary increases as well. That's amazing. And I know we were talking earlier and, you know, I've never been coached by you or, you know, worked one-on-one, -on -one, but just hearing you talk about your clients and how you help them, it sounds like you're someone who people would want to have on their side. So I think that's truly amazing. And I love that inspirational story. So I do want to 
talk about the concept of a salary increase. And like I said, it's something that we haven't really covered on this podcast much. But in getting some relational context here, why are so many people nowadays focused on these salary increases? I mean, what are some of your clients saying when they're coming to you, you know, about their own compensation? Yeah, well, there are different case scenarios. Some tell me, hey, by the way, I found out that I'm being underpaid. The person I've been training is actually getting paid more, even though I'm one of the top performing you know, employees on the team and I'm training this person done so much great work and yet I'm not even getting paid there or as much. Or okay. they feel stuck in their job that they've been doing for a few years now. They got passed up for promotions and they just, they know that they do great work, but they're just not getting paid. They're not getting promoted. So it comes out of frustration and, you know, a lot of emotional feelings that people go through when looking or trying to decide whether they should start their job searching process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's the frustration that comes from it as well. And especially when we, you know, see the value that we're giving and realize it doesn't really necessarily match up with what we should be compensated for. And so I think that's a big deal. And for me, I haven't, at least in recent years, haven't related to that frustration being a business owner and my own compensation being more tied to the growth of my company. But I can relate to the fact that it's like I'm putting so much value out there in the world and it's not being met in return. And so having to fight for that by doing your research and really looking at how you communicate that value to other people, which I think is really important because I was that person, too. I mean, making what it was like $300, $400 a week, which is really very little when I was just starting out and then looking really closely at my own needs and what are my lifestyle needs and what I need to do to get it across. So. I relate to that. And I think it's really, really exciting. And one of the things too, that I've seen is people will tell me, like, for example, I had a client where he was a business analyst making 60 K. Mm -hmm. And once I did a quick research review, I already knew he was being underpaid by 30,000. At this point, he should have been a senior analyst and he should have been getting paid around 110, 115 based on the location he was in, but he couldn't believe it. And I told him, you can actually be doing the same job at a different company and just making $30,000 more if you change nothing else. Even if you don't move to the next step, which you are, but if even if you try to make a lateral move, you are still can be earning an additional $30,000. But because he didn't have the knowledge, he didn't know how to do it. To him, it just seemed so unbelievable. But yeah. because of what I do, I can easily see like the writing on the wall. Like You should be getting paid at least $90,000 for the work. And talking about the the process of figuring out what you should be paid. I'll ask you just like, when does preparing start? Like I'm listening to this podcast right now. I'm already on fire about it, but when do I start preparing for my own salary increase? So there's always a misconception that salary negotiation happens once you start interviewing or when you get the job offer, but that can only give you maybe 10, $15,000 salary increase. But if you really want to make 30, 50, 80, and I actually just had a client get a hundred thousand dollar salary increase, it actually it's starts insane. at the beginning. <laughs> I know. And it was I think she was making 90K as a contract employee, got offered 170 base salary with a 20K sign-on bonus, 40K in stock, and she would be she would have all full benefits because it was a full-time job. She's able to do this because it actually, it starts all the way in the beginning. So when you decide, hey, I need to start job searching or I really want to move to the next step in my career, everything needs to align to set you up as a top performing employee. So your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn profile, the networks you start building, how you do research for the company, how you interview and how you prepare for it all sets you up 
to be one of the top sought after candidates that will help you outbeat the competition. And because naturally you're the only employee that they want to hire, they tend to offer you the higher end of that salary. So they don't know that you just made 50, 60 K salary increase. Right. And then you still negotiate another 10, 15 on top of that. And that's how you make the big salary increases. Right. Absolutely. And I think bashing the myth or like the misconception that it starts when we are at the negotiating table, when we're you know getting that next job, I think that's really important for people because we need to be proactive and start looking ahead so we can get, you know, get what we deserve there. So the thing that I think makes me nervous and would make other people is like, what if I go too high or too low perhaps because I don't want to ask for something and then just have it be like unreasonable. And at the same time, I don't want to ask for a smaller amount when it, I could have gotten that higher one. So how much do I ask for? Like, where do I even start to figure out that number? Yes, it all comes to research. And, you know, that's really going to play a vital role. And when I say research is you can do a quick Google search or go on Glassdoor and it'll give you crazy range. It'll say, you know, 50,000 to 130,000 for like a project manager. And you're trying to wonder like, where does this fall in? Where do I fall in? How much should I be asking for? So when it comes to researching, it's not only just doing like that preliminary research, but now we know a range. So let's focus on what project management jobs actually make the 130,000. I don't really care about those project managers that make 50K. Let's look at these jobs that are within the 130K range. Is it based on industry? Is it based on the size of company? Is it based yeah. on like the skill sets? So you want to start researching that information. And then where you really get a true salary range is through networking. So you want to network with people two to three levels above the role you're looking to apply. Okay. So in this case, project manager, you really want a job that pays around 120 to 130. Well, I would probably reach out to the director of project management office or senior director of project management office, depending on the hierarchy within the company itself, or someone that used to be the director of project management office. And I would reach out to them and ask them, you know, what is a true salary range for someone within this role in within this company? They're more likely to be honest because you're not asking them about their salary. You're asking them how much they pay their employees or used to pay their employees, or what did they make back in the day? Um, And this could have been like seven, 10 years from now. Or 10 years ago. So they're more likely to be honest and they'll say, oh yeah, you know, for my team, we offer them anywhere between 90 and 130. It is customary within the company to offer them a 10% bonus based on performance. And since we're a public company, you know, we might give them, you know, a hundred shares. And then you want to ask the question, well, what makes you offer an employee on the higher end of that salary range? And there you have it. Now you know what to focus on during the interview process on your resume, on your LinkedIn, on your cover letter, and throughout the whole entire interview process, because now we know the number one, two to three things that are going to make you stand out. What is the hardest skill to hire for and what will help you command a higher end of that salary range? That's amazing. I've never thought of, I mean, such powerful questions, like what would make you hire someone on the higher end of that range? And I think that's brilliant. And talking to people is going to get you there versus just Googling. And I think it's good to do that as well. But you got to have both. So cost of living question, though, because I know that's something that concerns a lot of people, especially as some people are remote, some people are not. But how do you factor in your location into what you should be asking for? I mean, I just heard of a large company right now that's actually giving salary decreases because they're moving to all virtual 
And so I think this is something that concerns a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I've had a few clients actually relocate and I have my clients do research. I don't want them just spitballing a number. Hey, can you pay me $10,000 for relocation? I actually do the research. What is it going to cost for you to relocate? Moving expenses. Do you have to get out of your lease? Do you have to maybe sell your home? Take into account all of this information. And I had a client that had to move from Chicago to Texas, and it was going to cost him around $30,000 to relocate because he had to get out of his lease and not only and then move and then find a place um, within Texas. So what they negotiated, and this came towards the end. You don't want to start discussing this as far as relocation towards the end of the job when they're extending a job offer. Okay. And what you want to say is ask for their benefits package. Do you offer relocation and benefits package? And you want to have time to be able to review it. They might have already something set in place. What if they offer you $40,000 in relocation package and it covers more than enough? Well, then there's no need. Maybe you can start negotiating other benefits. But let's just say they don't offer relocation benefits. If you've already done that research, you can you know, have that discussion with the HR person for the most part or the hiring manager and then say, you know, based on my, you know, I started adding up all my expenses due to relocation. And I know you want me there by the end of the year. But if I were to move to, let's just say Texas by, you know, January 1st, it's going to cost me at least $30,000 because I would have to pull out of my lease. Now, I was wondering if there's any way we can include that into the base salary or the compensation. I have other ways that we can also mitigate the cost. My lease does end on March of next year. So maybe instead of moving January 1st, I can move March and that can decrease the moving expenses from 30000 like to 20000 And all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, you don't have to be rushed into moving. It all of a sudden becomes a conversation and you're opening yes. and also providing different solutions. But now instead of asking like, should we give them a relocation bonus or not? The question becomes, what can we do to mitigate risk? Or maybe we really need to bring it in by January 1st because it's a very high level project. We'll give you the 30,000 if it means, you know, cutting out of your lease. And companies have done that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's about coming onto the same side of the table as the person you're dealing with, I think is really important. I thought it was cool that you said, like, I'm going to look at how I can reduce expenses on my end. So that way you're being cognizant of both parties. I think that's really cool. And so in talking about the actual conversation we have, so the relational aspect here, I think that's something that also gets people tripped up in a way. It's like, I have to actually have a conversation with the manager. It might be intimidating or something like that. So what do you recommend for the actual conversation regarding a salary increase? How do I prepare? Okay. So this is, if you're already working within the company itself and you're looking for a salary, correct? Let's go with that example. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it requires different strategies. So if you're already working at a company and you know, you've done really great work, maybe you've done research and you identify that you're probably going to pay $30,000 less than what the market is paying, then mm -hmm. it does take some time. I would say prepare anywhere between 60 to 90 days before. Okay. Um, usually most people have these conversations during their performance review, but during that time, you want to gather information. What projects did you work on? How did you do? What was the before and after? What were some of the results, like intangible results that you, know, you were able to do because of this project? And you want to put together almost like an achievement portfolio. And also get praise emails from clients, colleagues, or maybe your boss manager said, you know, by the way, Chris, you did a great job. 
you know, this by far was the most successful project we've ever had. And thanks to you, we were able to stay within budget and within the timeframe. And the client was super ecstatic that they extended our contract with us. All those emails that you have, gather them up, send an email to your manager and let them know. By the way, Chris, I look forward to our performance review. I know we have Mm -hmm. a meeting scheduled three, four weeks out. Or you can say, I know that my performance review is coming up in the next few weeks. I wanted to take some time to give you a quick overview agenda of what I wanted to review based on my performance these past 12 months and also discuss compensation adjustment based on the work that I've done. But I'm sure we can continue this discussion during that meeting. That way they can start preparing. They can start looking at their budget. If they need to, they can already reach out to their boss or HR saying, you know, how much more can I provide? Is there an increase in budget? Can I increase salary? Maybe what if I were to give them a promotion? Can then I give pay them more? So allow them to figure out the logistics behind the scenes. And then during that session or that meeting, start reminding them on everything that you've done. Because I bet you that if I asked you, Chris, what you did last month, you probably wouldn't remember. You have to like look at your calendar. I don't even remember what I did last month. Don't expect managers to remember what you did six months ago for the department. They're just not going to remember unless it was something horrible that it, it, it just was a horrible, <laughs> bad situation. Everyone remembers the bad situations, but not always the good, the projects that finished yeah. on time. So remind them on everything that you've done. That's creating leverage for you. That's creating a business case. Yeah. And then say, you know, based on everything that I've done and achieved, I've been able to do A, B, C, and D. I also looked at what the market is paying and it looks like for the level of work and my experience now, because I do have three years of experience now. As opposed to when I started this job, I only had six months of experience. I'm looking for a compensation adjustment from 90,000 to 120,000. Is there any way we can close that gap? And I'm sure we can both come to a number we both agree on. I like the phrasing, is there any way we can close that gap? I think that's really good. And again, you want to, the metrics are really going to help you sell. Because if you were to say, I brought in an additional $20 million to the company, I'm only asking for $20,000, they might be able to move that around. Or they'll just say, you know what, Chris, actually, I've been thinking of promoting you. So why don't we move you now as senior project manager? And that way, you, I can also be able to give you that salary range. Or I can yeah. only give you a $10,000 salary increase, but I'm able to give you more stock. Would that, would that right. work for you? So it's creativity. It's not just that number going higher. There are other factors at play that can be moved around. Yeah. I had a client where they got their black belt Lean Six Sigma paid for through this specific organization. I think it was like high tier university. It cost $10,000. So they were not able to give her a $25,000 salary increase, but they gave her a $15,000 base and they paid for that certification, which counted for $10,000 that they didn't have to pay out of pocket. And they were happy with that. One thing I always tell clients is, Whatever you're negotiating, make sure you're happy with it. Maybe you don't care for a $50,000 sound increase, but you want a certification paid. Maybe you want a daycare stipend. Some companies offer that. Maybe you want to work from home. There's many different ways you can pull the lovers and yeah. get you to the number and benefits you want to get to. Yeah. You just have to be creative and you have to know what you want. That makes a lot of sense. There was a point you made, I think, in our last conversation about like knowing who your boss is, or at least who the other person on the other side of the table is. Can you talk about that? Because I think that just makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So there are four different types of personalities. And then there's so many assessments out there, but at the core, there's four different personalities and you need to know who your manager is. Some managers or people are very analytical. 
they like to go into the weeds. Can you tell me how you did this step-by-step? They tend to be more like on the engineering analytical side. So Mm -hmm. they really want to know the details. So when you're preparing for these conversations, make sure you provide the details to them. So that way you're not spending time or them questioning you, where did you gather this data? You can say, I gathered this data from here, here, here were the parameters, here were the assumptions, here were the before and after, here's some screenshots to show you the progression throughout this project. So that's the analytical person. Now there is like the type A personality. That means just get to the point. I don't need to know the fluff. I don't need to know where you got this data. I just want you to get to the bottom line. And that way, you know, those meetings are quick. They're usually on the higher level side of it. Maybe they're in sales or they just want to get to the point. Here's what I've, here was, I worked on 15 different projects. The total budget I managed throughout this whole year was 30 million. We were able to deliver 95% of those on that time. That 5% wasn't delivered because A, B, and C. And here's what is projected for the next year. And I've been able to do this at higher levels in comparison to my colleagues. Now, based on what I found in the market, here's a salary that I'm looking for. I'm sure we can both come to a number that we agree on. Is there any way we can close this gap? Boom. Really quick and to the point. While there's two other different personalities where the other one is like, they tend to be very care about your family. So they'll always ask you, how are your kids doing? How's Billy? How's your dog? Or let me tell you about my kids. Do you want to build rapport? They don't like going straight to business. They want you to have that relational conversation. So make sure you lead with that. Or there's other people that talk about, you know, what did you do this weekend? Did you have a great time? Oh, that was, that sounds like so much fun. I've been wanting to go to that concert. So they're very extroverted. They like to be around like social settings. So it's knowing how to lead the conversation and that way, then you can progress and move into what you're trying to create, which is your business case. We are always taught that in school. I mean, I just I'm obsessed with communication and like manager, like business communication, particularly. And it's always about knowing who the other person is on the receiving end of that communication. And so I think that's such a powerful concept is knowing, like, how are they going to receive this message? Like, what's the best way that they can receive this message and not just doing this one size fits all, you know, presentation for someone? It's there's an actual human who's going to be receiving your message that you should be receiving that you should be getting that salary increase. So I think that's great. Yeah. And I forgot to mention for like those two other personalities, they're also very visual. So you might want to include graphs, show them the progression, the increase or whatever that is, because for me personally, I'm very visual. I can gather more information from a visual than if you give me like a raw set of data, right? (laughs) like that's very different for me. So, but again, I'm not on the uh, high analytical side. Yeah, that's great. So I'll ask one more relational question before I conclude with your final thoughts. But what if I get a no is what I want to know. What if the answer is not what I'm hoping for? What do I have to do? So I always say, uh, make sure you come with a, you have a plan A, B, C, and D. And at the end of the day, obviously it's the person or the job seeker or the employee's decision. You have to decide before you go and have this meeting, what does no mean? Does that mean, okay, I tried and I want to stay in this position. I still love it. And I still am on the higher end of that salary. Or you know what? Pay isn't so important. I tried, but it just didn't work out. Or it could be, if I don't get this, then that means I'm going to start either looking for a promotion. I already have three years Mm -hmm. of experience. I should be moving to the next step in my career. Or maybe I should start looking elsewhere um, outside of the company. But you need to make that decision before and after, before the conversation, because what you don't want to happen is, let's just say they tell you no, 
all of a sudden you may go into this depression. Maybe I'm not good enough. Who do I am to think about this? I'm so embarrassed. Instead, if you already have a plan, it's if outcome A happens, then B happens. That means that no becomes a trigger. And now you know you need to start networking internally, externally. Maybe you need to update your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn, um, reach out to Chris for that. And you can start that process instead of getting so emotional. Now, yeah. when you hear a no, there's still negotiating aspects of it. They're saying, no, we don't have that within the budget. Thank you for that, Chris. I really appreciate it. Is there any way that we can still make up that compensation, but towards benefits? One of the things that I've been looking at is this project management certification. And I would love to attend in person because I do tend to learn easier and I can actually leverage some of the projects we're currently working on as part of my project. For that course, it costs around $3,000. I can do it during the weekend or at night after work. Is there any different ways that we can come to that number? Again, you need to have plan B then. If they can't meet you on salary, what other benefits can they meet? And sometimes they're happy to because one, now they have an employee that they can say they're PMP certified or have a black belt lean six sigma. Now you've become more valuable to the team you've become an asset and they can also use that as tax write-offs. So yeah. there's multiple ways. And again, at the end of the day, if they say, no, we can't give you anything. Don't ask for any benefits. Don't even ask for an extra <laughs> roll of toilet paper in the bathroom. <laughs> we can't give you anything. Then you have to make a decision. Do you still want to stay there? Or do you maybe just want to change departments, move up to the next step, or you just start a whole new job search process outside of the company? I love that so much. And giving options or knowing that you have options, I think for me just takes away so much of the anxiety and stress that does come with this, whether it's a salary increase or just getting told no for something else. You always have options. I think everyone deserves to hear that. Claudia, you've been a fantastic guest. What final words of advice do you have for career warriors looking for that salary increase? Yeah. So one advice that I have is you can and should have a great job that makes you excited to go to work every day, that you feel motivated. Um, and there's always a possibility you can always earn more. And one thing I do get asked by clients is, well, how do I know I can negotiate if you're working? you're negotiating because clearly you're valuable to the company. If you're being interviewed or you're already getting a job offer, those are all opportunities to negotiate your salary. And then you have every right to negotiate. It's just part of a process. It's like filling that annoying job application or submitting your resume. It's just part of the process. And managers don't tend to offer you the higher end of the salary range because they think or expect for you to negotiate and they need a little bit of room to move yep. forward. So don't be afraid to negotiate. I love that. Such powerful words of wisdom. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us. How can people get in touch with you? And yeah, what are you up to next? Anyone can find me at ClaudiaTMiller.com. So T is in Tom, ClaudiaTMiller.com. There I have a lot of podcast interviews. I'm actually going to have this one. And I'm also have a five-day free email course that will help you accelerate your job search. So maybe you are looking to start your embarking on your new um, job search, or maybe you've tried it and it just hasn't worked out. This five-day free email course will tell you exactly what you may be doing wrong in your job search, how to fix it, and how to really outbeat and stand out from the competition when you're job searching, especially right now in this saturated market. Perfect. And that email course is on your website. I can sign up through the website. Yes, correct. Perfect. Well, you know, listeners, what I do, I put the links on all my descriptions. I do my homework. So make sure to check that out if you're not jogging or driving. 
And Claudia, are you on LinkedIn, Instagram, all of those things? Yes, LinkedIn and Instagram, um, not Twitter. For no some Twitter. Reason, I cannot do Twitter, but definitely LinkedIn and Instagram. I yeah. post a lot of great advice there, as well as like how-to videos and even scripts on there as well. Great. I love your Instagram. And I feel that on Twitter, we actually stopped tweeting so much. And I think we focused more on Instagram and LinkedIn because I think it just works better. So I'll make sure to also include that. Thank you, Chris. Perfect. Claudia, thank you so much for joining us and you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. And I hope your listeners found this helpful. Absolutely. And listeners, that wraps up episode 235 of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior podcast. Really enjoy talking money. And I think Claudia did such a great job about getting specific on not only how to prepare for the negotiation. Remember, you have to do this as much in advance as possible. But also that relational aspect that I think a lot of us get intimidated or tripped up upon. It's not that hard if you just break it down and know who your audience is and just communicate your value. So listeners, if you have trouble doing this, I always recommend going back and listening to the episode again, because I think repetition is key and it can really help solidify some of these principles. As I mentioned, I'll make sure to include the links within the description of how to get in touch with Claudia and more resources to help with negotiation. Really enjoy this one. Can't wait to see you next time. Take care and have a great rest of your week. Career Warrior Podcast. And for more on your job search, please make sure to check out Let's Eat Grandma's website at letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. That's where you can find her blog, attend job seeker events, and learn more about her awesome resume services. Let me just say, I'm happy you're subscribed on Apple or Spotify but you are missing out if you haven't seen the additional resources on our website. Once again, that's letseatgrandma.com forward slash CWP. And please don't forget to leave a review. The support from my fellow warriors is what will help me get noticed and what will help the algorithm so other job seekers can discover us too. I promise I read all the reviews and you will just make my day. That's all. I'll see you next episode this Monday morning. 